My guests today are the ladies that put the bug in my ear and encouraged me to use Patreon. So I'd like to thank them for that, even though at this moment they have not yet become members. That's fine. I'm okay with that. If you have not yet become part of our Patreon network, by supporting this podcast, you will have the opportunity to propose future guests, vote on cities that I should visit, and you can also submit your questions that you would like me to ask future guests. You can find it at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the wise fool, all one word. If you like what you hear, I would appreciate a five-star rating and please tell your friends to listen and subscribe also. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. In order to be more proactive and professional in my business practices when it comes to my personal artwork, I've also begun putting my work for sale on SachiArt.com. You can find my work available for purchase at SachiArt, S-A-A-T-C-H-I-A-R-T.com slash Matthew Doles, all one word. Thank you, and on with the show. Please pronounce your name correctly for me. Um, I'm sorry, say that again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm Urte Speirokaite. And, and I'm Justina Speirokaite. Wow, I got that totally wrong when I came in, didn't I? Okay. All right. And you all run Improper Walls. Exactly. And so give us some background on what Improper Walls is and what you're involved in. We call us uh, Improper Walls uh, cultural platform. That means uh, we do uh, art shows, exhibitions. We collaborate with different uh, organizations, also on art shows or some events, which can include everything, like also music performances, discussions, and etc. etc. Um, we also go outside the gallery walls and organize, for example, street art or murals, uh, mostly in our district. Uh, we also go outside of Austria even and participate in some events and festivals and bring artists from Vienna or Austria to other countries and do exhibitions there and street art projects. Uh, what else do we do? I think what maybe could be important to mention about the proper walls that we work on a non-profit basis. I was about to ask, like, are you a for-profit or an NGO? No, we are NGO. Also, what could make us or does make us um, a bit different from other places that we work commission off as well. So all artworks that we sell in a gallery space, uh, we don't have any commission on. Um, zero commission. Zero commission. So how do you stay open? Ah, uh, good question. <laughs> From a lot of love and passion for what we're doing. We do get uh, supported by government um, institutions or by grants. Also, we do uh, work on certain projects that we get paid for, like our work on a project which are outside of the gallery. So we use this money to cover rent here. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well, we get this thing called in German, Freispende, as like free donation uh, for drinks. 
or for anything right. else. So we it's a way to get around kind of, serving alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we do get a certain amount from that as well that uh, could cover our costs. Online shop, for online shop, uh, we have a small commission of 20%. Uh, so some money comes from there. We have some patrons supporting us. Um, what else? Uh, we, sometimes we do of course, we work for free ourselves. So I think also what's very important to know that it's a big team here. We have five women working in the proper walls. And as it's non-profit uh, basis, like we cannot like fully work just here. So we don't really earn. <laughs> and it happens maybe sometimes that we have to invest um, some, not only time, but some money as well into this place, which we try to avoid now, but happens. What are some of the uh, other jobs that you have to hold? Uh, it's it's very different because we all uh, like we all have different backgrounds and different expertise. So, like for example, I I actually work in one coffee house for many many years, and I keep this work as like a, a, as a job to earn money and to survive, and then then at the same time I can fully devote myself doing projects and working in a gallery and it's my choice and other girls do different jobs uh, I don't know what you can tell what you do uh, I work as a technical manager uh, in a social field so I work with NGOs and charities but for like as in a digital agency so that would be my day job all of those words put together don't make sense, don't make to sense me. I, I, the okay. individual words i totally understand yeah but put together i have no idea what no, you're I, I can try to explain that <laughs> uh i work in a digital agency um that sorry, what's a digital agency? digital agency that works mostly on a um okay so maybe like i will what's a digital agency that's a good word like i don't know how to explain what exactly digital agency is but I could explain what exactly what we do. <laughs> it's okay. It has nothing to do with why we're here today. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, don't worry yeah. about it. But I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, everybody needs side hustles and other jobs. I mean, yeah. I work two other jobs in order to suffice to be able to sustain my arts and stuff like yeah. that. So like doing this kind of stuff is fine. So, so, so there are five people that yeah. work on a regular basis uh, to run this NGO. Exactly. Yes. But the two of you all seem to be sort of the head figureheads, or you just have the best English. That's why you're here. No, <laughs> uh, our our language here is English. We all international people. Like uh, we have two Austrians, which are not Austrians. Also, like uh, like they they grew up in Austria, but uh, one is Hungarian, another one is Austrian, but has German passport. So it's also like you know none of us are real Austrians here. Uh, we write all the descriptions of uh, uh, our projects and exhibitions, everything in English. We talk here in English, we talk with people here in English, so it's our language we use. And we want to stay like that because we also think like we are more approachable and more friendly for everyone. And there is no bar- uh, language barrier we want to avoid here. If I haven't mentioned, like one, one is from US actually, so exactly. her English is much better. Exactly. We also have very fluent English, so it's not... Uh, um, not. Oh, because you are sitting here, so it should be so obvious. I'm sorry. Here. <laughs> yes, um, you do remember this is a podcast. Nobody can I see know, what's going on here. No, but I was like, I mean, she's here. <laughs> um, all the time. And, and we have one person from Mexico. 
<laughs> is this perfect English and Spanish and German? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I would lost the, the question and then I can't. So. Yeah, but, well, just to be clear, so you two, the people that I'm talking with today, mm -hmm. are, you're both from Lithuania. So what brought you from Lithuania to Vienna? Uh, very difficult question. I mean, most of the people that come to Vienna or Austria, I guess, have similar answers as like, we never heard or never thought about coming to Vienna because it's not a country very, or city very promoted as the like best city for young people to live at. But it happened. No. No, really. It's, no, it's voted the most livable city. Yeah, it is most livable, but not for young people. So nobody is like going here as, 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 a, um, as a, it's not a place to go, but. Uh, uh, I'm here. What are you talking about? Oh, for one week. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Um, no, I love it here. So how it happened that I was working in one international company and I got a job in Austria and I was so sure that I want to leave Lithuania and I was lucky to, to get a job here. I was like, okay, let's try. I don't know anything about Austria, let's try it, and I can leave whenever I want. Happened that I stayed here for seven years now. Very good livable city. I hear that. <laughs> Feel very welcomed and, yes, very happy to be here. Okay. Uh, yeah. uh, and my story, we, we came together. Uh, I lived before in England, Ireland. I was for two years a bit like traveling around and like trying to find myself, I guess. Or, or did you find yourself? I, I think. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think uh, it might never happen. <laughs> Life is a work in progress. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe that. So anyways, I came back for a short visit to Lithuania and I had an idea to go to Denmark. That was my next destination. And Urta, my sister, she just told me um, I got a job in Vienna. And I thought like, okay, I'm going alone to Copenhagen. Oh, I going or you go alone to Vienna? Maybe we can go together. <laughs> like I just follow you, and that's I, I had nothing here, just her. Uh, but I joined. We packed the car and we drew for 24 hours because there were no smartphones back then. At least we didn't have, so we got we lost had in Czech printed Google Maps and we got lost in Czech Republic. Uh, but finally, we made yeah, it. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> We made it here and yeah, and we stayed, both of us. Now, one thing actually that fascinates me about uh, people that choose to be in the creative industries is always where do they sort of start? So like, you know, your childhood, were your parents creative? Did you have creative teachers that influenced you? Like, how did you even come to like, hey, the arts, you know, that easy industry, I should go into that. <laughs> It's a very good question, and we were, uh, me and Urta actually, we thought about it like uh, a lot because both of us, we didn't study art, and uh, that, was, that wasn't a goal ever because somehow we also grew up, I think, at that time and that uh, environment where, like, you know, you have to study something proper where you can earn money after. With, so oh, yeah. sounds logical exactly um and then it was just like a kind of coincidence i think like you know being surrounded by artistic people and being influenced uh, by them and meeting um, the third person justas uh, uh, who was all, he's not here in a gallery anymore like with us but he is a co-founder so it was three of us like uh, uh, founding the gallery 
But, uh, but at some point, we, uh, we first also realized that we, when we were kids, actually, we had a gallery in our room. <laughs> uh, our dad like, uh, made um, special like, wires where we can hang all our paintings like, and drawings. And we were constantly changing it and like, uh, kind of making like, the exhibitions in, a, in, in our small apartment. And at some point, when I think we were already teenagers, we even curated the uh, first exhibition for our mom in, uh, in some public space. And this thing somehow, like, they disappeared for some time in our lives and these memories. And then after, like, you know, when we decided to contemplate, okay, but that's been something like before. It didn't just happen like this. Uh, we found out, like, we remembered. Yeah, actually, it was already, like, somewhere in our lives, like, while we were growing up. And our parents, let's say, like, dad is a carpenter, so he was always had this very creative soul and, like, this um, appreciation to, to, to beauty and aesthetics. Mm -hmm. And we say, our mom, maybe, like, it happened from the situation that we're living at, but she was doing everything herself, so, like, sewing our clothes. And then she ended up making different kind of, like, paintings or different artworks that she would, like, decorate rooms and homes, and then, like, she would give it to people. So like that's something she would do after her full-time job. She would come home and like she would sit down in her kitchen and just yeah. create. So we grew up in this environment all the time, but we never, we never dreamt about opening a gallery. It was not like our life goal or something. Mm. It's more... So what did you get uh, education in then? You said mm. you said you didn't go to the arts. Mm -mm. So what business marketing? No, I, I actually I'm a social worker. By oddly education. appropriate yeah it, it's it's very very fits to what i'm doing yeah it absolutely no. does actually yeah. yeah i mean if anything artists definitely need social workers yeah <laughs> and you i don't know if you can fit my education into art somehow uh i studied statistics so like theoretical math nope no no, no connection so. whatsoever yeah me too <laughs> but i think like logical thinking can be used anywhere in my my thinking <laughs> my understanding nope Nope, no, nope. not giving okay. it to you. Nope. I can tell you how, because uh, <laughs> as we have this like different expertise and a big team in a in a gallery, we need everyone, and we we take care everything uh, of everything ourselves. So, for example, Ursa and her like logical thinking super helps us. She's our official strategy manager. Sure, logical thinking I agree with. Statistical yeah. math, meh. Yeah, not really. But no. that's what you like, kind of logical <laughs> thinking, though. Absolutely get necessary. While studying that. Oh yeah. Or like train. So she has a trained logical thinking, in my opinion. <laughs> and then from mm -hmm. our other other team members, so we have two um, two, two two people that uh, studied art history. For example, Ella uh, and, and Ellie and Elizabeth. And yeah. also we have um, one one woman that uh, studied media arts. If mm -hmm. I got it right, and she's also an artist herself. And Elizabeth studied um, international development. development. Exactly. That's useful. Exactly. That's very useful. So we have very useful education here. <laughs> Not mine, but <laughs> everybody else makes up for years. Yeah. It's fine. Backgrounds, basically, yeah. and Background. how did you get here, kind uh -huh. of stuff. But. Okay, so now, you, uh, again, because I, I do stupid things on mm -hmm. the podcast, mm -hmm. so you all have mentioned a, no, a couple of times you've said uh, women, five women mm -hmm. working here. For, how important is this element to the sort of character of the place? 
Uh, everyone is asking that, and uh, especially because we also work on like uh, on the feminism and uh, gender equality quite a lot. Uh, they are like our topics, but uh, it was not on purpose. Okay. It just happened. It's really like just like coincidence. We not like saying like only like women can come here, like women and like join our team. No, not okay. or sure not. <laughs> yes. oh, no, I'm just asking because yeah. like, it's sort of I, I noticed it. I heard it a couple mm -hmm. times yep. where you say women working here, women doing mm -hmm. it, and I'm like, is this an important thing uh -huh. here? Uh -huh. So it's not. It just happened. Out. It just happened. Yes. It's fine. So. You, now, Improper Walls has, was founded as an NGO five years ago. Exactly. Five and a half. Five and a half. Okay, yeah. not exactly. Five, five and a half. <laughs> yes. So five and a half years ago. And so what, has it always been in this location? Yes. Okay. So what? So now you, when you started it, you said we want to open a gallery or you started it as a cultural thing or has has it sort of expanded over time? Like, you know, did, did you have the idea in your mind when you started it, all of the projects you are currently doing or have these things sort of suddenly fallen into your laps and you've been like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Uh -huh. so basically what you said. <laughs> That's how it happened. Uh, at, at the beginning, we actually wanted to have kind of like uh, a co-working place, like space where we can like just create together, like do our own things and but just have one space. Uh, but that idea changed pretty quickly, like fast when we found the dislocation. And we thought like, okay, we cannot just, like, you know, it's not enough of space to do that. And it really looks more as a gallery. And as I mentioned before, we, there was a third person to our like co-founders team and he's an artist himself. And he had this interest in a, in a gallery and some kind of like background knowledge. And he said like, let's, let's do the gallery. Like, I think Vienna is missing out of what we started as a illustration gallery. A gallery for illustration and let's try to do that yeah i think it's, it's important to mention that like we really started as a gallery like with like very strong focus on illustration and then we really f were fighting as showing illustration as a um as a form of art which is not really um, appreciated and considered until now but then as you say <laughs> everything evolved and we really opened up to different mediums mediums do I say? Yes. And also we started to do different projects, collaborative projects, and we started to go out of the uh, our space to go outside to the street or like to bring exhibitions somewhere else. So everything involved, everything fell on us, as you say, like the projects just came to us and we said, yes, that sounds amazing. Let's learn. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Sounds great. Now, one thing you've also brought up, which was uh, funding. Uh, yes. So you talked about uh, financial funding grants, and mm -hmm. I, so who writes the grants? Uh, teamwork. It's not the most amazing work to do. Like I don't know, like if somebody would be like super excited to do that. So what we do here? No, no, there are professional grant writers. I know, I know, but like, okay, so like we I'm don't not have one these of people. Them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know any of these people. Actually, yeah. that's not true. I have met one in my life who actually really loves writing grants. Okay, so can you please recommend somebody? <laughs> no, we're looking for these people, but what solution we found in our team and basically in everything what to do. So we have kind of shared responsibilities, how we work. 
and we have fixed curators that are working with artists, with uh, exhibitions itself, and we have administrational work and so on. So this year, like, okay, so like we're writing a grant for next year. Um, so I would do the boring uh, work, the administration work, all calculations statistical and so work. on. Eh? Oh, here you go, yeah. using my statistic knowledge <laughs> to count money. Um, and we have curators who would write a concept for each exhibition, what we're going to show. So it's really teamwork that we all put our effort in, combine together, and then it's manageable, actually. Okay. How many grants have you applied for? So you've mm -hmm. been open for five years. Mm -hmm. How many have you applied for and how many have you received? Mm. Oh, that would be some math to do, like to count it, but... That's uh, your specialty. I know, <laughs> but not a passion. We, to say it in words, not in numbers, we didn't get enough as we deserve to get. Oh, as nobody what we would gets see. enough. <laughs> I mean, yeah. everybody wants more, but yeah. well, I mean, the reason why I ask is because like, I'm a practicing artist, I'm mm. also a professor, yada, yada, yada. And I find the act of having to write grants, you know, residency yeah. proposals, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, the most painful thing ever in my entire life. Because when you write a grant, I find there's like these, these specific vocabulary yes. words that I always get wrong. Yes. Like I totally don't <laughs> understand what they meant by something. And then I end up writing the people like there's always some like, if you have any questions, contact this person, you mm -hmm. know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I was contacted with the dumbest questions. Like, what do you mean by mobility? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like, mm -hmm. like, like, and I end up looking like a freaking idiot. Yep. And then of course I answer the questions wrong and then I don't get the grant. And so but it's also very different like one country or one or one or a, a, a federal one would use a different vocabulary yes. than a regional one or a private one uses a different vocabulary and so like it's so much work not only to like answer the questions they ask for but to figure out the right vocabulary to use to answer their questions the way they want them answered yes and i think in, in that way like would be very uh nice for us also to have maybe like very professional person that would use a right vocabulary in this but what we do just to summarize what we apply for so we have this um in vienna we have a district cultural fund department, department. Yeah. seriously each district mm -hmm. each in district. the city has its own cultural department yes, yes. oh my gosh okay <laughs> i know uh so that's amazing and like makes me this feel very sad for america <laughs> but go on um, yeah, so we have district, we have uh, Vienna, like so city, city right. and we have a country, a uh, cultural department. So in and of itself, so like right off the bat, by living and working in Vienna, mm -hmm. you have three governmental bodies that mm -hmm. you can apply for, mm -hmm. three different grants from. More. Uh, more, because more? Um, oh there's as well, for example, city, Vienna city would have, like certain things maybe you would fit in, right? Like, for example, like what we would apply for it will be interculturality mm -hmm. say it right and our one would be um fine arts, fine arts. so we could apply to several ones in uh, just from city uh, cultural uh, grants yeah. because we would fit in, in uh, both oh, so no, i believe there should be I, also photography video uh, you can I'm, also separate i'm yeah. sorry the blank expression on my face <laughs> is just shock i know that's amazing that's yeah yes. i'm just like are you you, like I grew up in a capitalistic society that mm -hmm. has none of this, and yeah. Yeah. and you all have like countless opportunities yes. that I'm just I'm personally just sort of a, like probably in awe of more than anything else. I'm like, mm. 
it's just beautiful to me. Like I, I'm, and I wish I could, uh, you know, apply for these things, but mm. of course I can't because I don't live here. So there you go. Yeah, but there are also even like extra like funds, that, which are also government, uh, gover uh, governmental, but they are like kind of separated. So they're like focusing on, for example, like. Um, collaboration between organizations or like takes only like one like a uh, small part of the district like you know street and around and you can do i don't know like uh organize a festival and include five partners and there's yes. a like different fund like different grant you're asking so uh, there are like even more possibilities well there's also i've heard about uh, grants that you can apply for to go to art fairs and yes, take exactly. artists from here to other countries we have problem with this one though because it these grants cover just 50 percent and as a gallery for example as for us as a non-governmental uh, like a non profit gallery NGO NGO uh, to to get this other fifty percent to be part of art fair is not really manageable yeah, art fairs right are super expensive yeah. I mean it's still very good that like they still give this fifty percent yeah uh, mm -hmm. and give this opportunity for well, galleries because I heard I heard and I could be wrong on this mm -hmm. but it was like they'll pay fifty percent as long as you have fifty percent of your artists that you're taking being Viennese artists or not even uh, Austrian artists. So you don't even have to take 100% Austrian artists. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just 50% of your artists have to be 50. Like, Might be. Uh, I thought I, it was interesting. Yeah. Okay. No. I don't know anything about it. No, I have no knowledge on this one because... Yeah, Fair enough. So the ones that you do apply for, so mm -hmm. they, you know, how do you do it? Give me some tips. <laughs> Specifically, I'm saying give it to me because I'm looking at you, but yeah. really it's for the listeners. Yeah. Like, I mean, grant writing is a huge... Uh, art form in the the art industry that mm. is very under under understood like we we don't get it yeah i, I can tell okay. like uh, um I actually like now i was thinking like since uh, since uh, september like uh, from september on i i was part of writing i think like five grants and i'm still now in the process i need to submit uh, submit one on on monday and i'm super like in stress uh, but the one tip I would say always go there and or call always ask everything what's not clear and show, show your, your show your face show yourself like come to what you have what you what you have written already and say like you know I have this like can you tell me like they will not tell like you know how you need to approve it like that to really get it but they can tell like the obvious mistakes and they can answer all your questions also. I it's always feel like better. an idiot when I no, do that. No, they, they ask that. I, 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 we also went and I went also separately to some like kind of like trainings on, on writing grants. Mm -hmm. And they Asked. repeatedly say mm -hmm. like, you know, even don't write emails, call call or come. We want to like live conversation and we are ready to answer. That's their job. Oh no, I've heard this this tip yeah. again and again. I mean, if, same thing with like artists for applying for residencies. Basically, if you're going to apply for residency, you should m meet or know somebody who is a part of the organization mm -hmm. before mm -hmm. applying because you will have a substantially better chance of, of getting the award or whatever it is if you have just like name recognition by yeah. somebody there that they have met you versus cold, blindly just basically dropping a grant application in and knowing nobody and having never met anybody 
it's not to your benefit. So like, so like a little trick is basically meet somebody that's involved in that exactly. thing because that, that even just like a, just a, a, a simple face to face of a simple question can be enough to definitely yeah, to show that you exist. I know, yeah. but, th and that's really great for like local and regional stuff. Mm. But like, you know, like I'm looking at grants that are, you know, in other countries, foreign countries, and that's very difficult to do. Yeah. I think in that in that case, you just need to be like, like devote your time, like read carefully all the requirements, try to match everything and maybe try to find some help. Right. Like, you know, for from more experienced people, because it's not easy thing. It's very complicated. And I always say, like, you know, now it's it's like writing a bachelor thesis. It, it requires the same effort. It's really funny you say that because in America, we don't have to write bachelor's okay. thesis, so like, I, <laughs> but so, I had to do a master's thesis. Okay, so so, yeah. But, yeah. but it's just funny, like we didn't do, we don't do that in America, but it's fine. Um, okay, so you so you apply for these grants and you get these grants. How easy is it to do the reporting for these grants? Also, because I hear, given that I don't get grants, I hear through mm. other people that the, mm -hmm. the the process and the, the 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 tedium of doing the reporting can be. It's one of those things like it's almost more time consuming than the amount of money that you've been given kind of thing. I believe so. I mean, we don't get like very huge amounts. Um, so that's what's easy for us. But you have to be extremely organized through because what we apply is for year, um, year program. So we don't apply for each exhibition. We have like at least 10 exhibitions per year. What we apply is for... Ten? At least. At least. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we don't count like small uh, things that happen here. Well, I'm trying to say that to track on every exhibition how much money you have spent and how many receipts not didn't get lost <laughs> and how much money you can still spend on some of exhibitions, it's big organizational and administrational kind of work that needs to be done. Well, and then you have to fill out a form and then sort of submit yes. all that receipts to them. Yes. And like, I mean, there's there's mm -hmm. lots of, oh, there's always lots of yes. paperwork and administration yes. that needs to be done. Like, yes. it's, it's, just advise, like, do it from the very beginning, because when you have to do it, um, when you're already passed and you're already 2020, and we'll be like, oh, it's a time to submit um, uh, these receipts that receipt. I lost. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now, like, okay, let's find them. Or these receipts that I paid cash for and I don't, <laughs> never got a receipt for it. Yes. Hmm. Yes. So it's, I, I, I would advise to start from the very beginning and have very clear structure where you want to spend money on which exhibition, how much money, and check after each exhibition. Okay, I spend this money. Well, I mean, it's also, it's one of those things, though, that, like a lot of people that get into the arts and, and creative industries and whatever, they get into it because they think it's fun. And mm -hmm. it's, you know, you get to be passionate mm -hmm. and you, mm -hmm. you do all that stuff. But I mean, and you can have all that, but sure. it's a business. Yes. So whether it's an individual artist like myself or whether it's a, mm -hmm. a space like you all, yeah it has to be run like a business yes. and, and somebody either has to have a business mind who's involved or you need to find somebody or you need to learn it, you know, take some classes, do whatever you need to do. But you, the, the idea that the arts is fun is great, but in the end it's a business. I think as long as you find uh, this balance, at least what we try to find in our team, how we work. Yeah, you still like, have to enjoy it. I mean, yes. So what we try to do, like between these things like that are not really interesting to anybody to do, we try to put on top something that you're really excited about. 
as creating art, as meeting artists, as having this positive atmosphere around you. So then like it gives you this kick of to do this very boring stuff and to keep it going. Right. Here we'll give you we'll give you a treat so that you suffer yes. through this mm -hmm. other exactly. thing happily. Exactly. Okay, so you suffer happily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Debatable. But okay. <laughs> so okay. So your space. Now you do exhibitions here. You just said you do at least ten a year, yes. which is ridiculous. But anyways. Yes. It does. <laughs> Agree. <laughs> How do you, so what's your process of finding artists and, and, and curating these exhibitions? So do you, do you work with curators to do, to do that work for you? Or do you, do you uh, receive applications? Do you do open calls? What's your process for sort of creating these things? So we do like uh, in, so I can tell our process very simplified, like uh, every year in August, basically, like for the mm -hmm. last four years at least, we meet the whole team. And we, like all five of us, for example, if five of us are there, we have to be ready with some like uh, propositions of the artists we would like to exhibit. And it doesn't matter the way, like, you know, we also have many, like we, we receive many applications. It can be like from applications, it can be just scouted artists on social media or like you saw on TV something or whatever, like someone you met, someone like recommends them, but like everyone has a right like uh, to have a list of artists she'd like to have for next year in a, in, a, in, a, in a gallery. Then we all together like go through all the proposals and we decide on, let's say 10, but we, a bit like now decrease the number mm -hmm. and we are okay everyone is happy with this list and then we just like share like who's curating which exhibition and then we contact artists and try to confirm if they would be interested or not if not we also have something like you know extra on a side which didn't get into this list but was almost in the list yeah, standby exactly sure. And uh, yeah, and we try to confirm it super fast. So in September, we already have the whole program for the next year. For, I just want to jump in. For program, we also have like certain structure that we follow uh, for, us for for years now. So you asked about formats of um, mm -hmm. what we do. So we do for three years now in a row. So it will be fourth year. We really like having open call. So group ex exhibition from Open Call, and that's where we also meet a lot of amazing artists from the artists that submitted or the artists that were selected already to be part of a group show. We always try to have local artists as a solo show. Um, we want to have international artists as a solo show. So we have st uh, certain structure for these all exhibitions through, throughout the year. So when we propose the artists, mm -hmm. like when it comes from creators, to we it. still try to, to add like it fits the, also some kind of categories of mm -hmm. diversity of shows we want to have here. Like 50-50, also the gender-wise and yeah. International, like some, uh, yeah. Now let's put together these two thoughts that we were just talking about. So because we, we were talking about funding and then we we're talking about sort of curatorial mm -hmm. practices. I'm always wondering, like, so do you do the does your space because I can't talk to but you can't talk about anybody else's space. So does your space do you seek funding first and then put together the projects or do you put the projects together and then have to seek funding based on the project based on a project? Okay, mm -hmm. yes. 
yes, you have to, like for fundings as well, you have to have a concept, you have to have an idea, you have to show who you're going to exhibit. I don't know. I don't At least from our NGO. side. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's like, you have to. No. Um, of course, maybe also in a, our year program, we also have open slots, as would be called group show on topic, blah, blah, blah. So we don't have artists confirmed. Mm-hmm. So like some parts are not really confirmed, like an open open call, for example, exhibition. So we don't have like fixed artists yet. But like some exhibitions, we have already confirmed concepts, what we're going to exactly do and show. Mm-hmm. And how far do you have to plan in advance? Because like I've been talking to museum curators and stuff, they're doing three, five years in mm-hmm. advance, stuff like this. Smaller, more independent uh, places like yours, just one year in advance? Have, like. So as 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 I said already, so we plan in August, so by September we have already a year in advance planned fully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We we don't usually like plan more. Sometimes it also happens it jumps like through one year. If we have like I don't know, like uh, there is someone like uh, some artist uh, we met already after we confirmed the plan and we said like okay we would like really maybe to work, but we have we are fully booked for next year, so maybe in. 2021 sounds very good we're fully booked for the next year yes i i always have to reply to artists emails (laughs) so i always say that like i'm sorry we're fully booked for 2020 (laughs) but you can try this and that and now you mentioned also something about like social media like finding artists and finding ideas on social media so you use social media to find people. Do you also use social media to sort of it for yourselves? Like, so is that something that's you find a helpful practice? Basically, a lot. We also like consider us, uh, ourselves like as a community uh, space. So everything is based on on community. So the more like you know people are involved and they see us what we are doing, that the bigger community is. So we we really active everything we do we announce we actually we use like basically only like two platforms for now it works the best like uh, Facebook and Instagram Instagram we consider the best uh, for uh, uh, visual arts and uh, to, to promote and to approach the the people so yeah it's I think we. It's it's very natural already, or like organic. You know, you every day, you're, okay, what's happening? What I need to announce to the people yeah. that they know that we're doing. So every wow. day there is a post, a story, yeah. or something. Instagram is great for presenting visual arts, no question yeah. about it. Like that's for sure. I will say, for me personally, I love Facebook events because yes. it's wickedly easy to just put it on my calendar. Yes. Facebook has made it very simple. Like I can be looking at something, hey, that looks interesting. And yeah. like with two touches, I can just put it on my calendar, done. You know, so much easier than like trying to copy addresses. Like when's the date? What's the time? I can just put it on my calendar. I love that. But totally that's the agree. only one use of Facebook now. Yeah. So we, like, I mean, like, like we started exactly. Facebook, it was five years ago. And then by five years ago, it was a bit, it was a platform to reach our target audience, right? Mm-hmm. Not now anymore. Like we, like Facebook is just for events. Yeah. It's, Nobody it's else is using it. Perfect. Yes. Yes. It's and really until some event. other better platform comes and we're until waiting for Instagram it. Instagram can put events on Instagram. Or Instagram, right? like, I don't, like, but or something even better <laughs> will come. Oh, okay. So you're looking for the next thing. This we're is because you work it. in the digital industry. Uh, yes. Exactly. <laughs> the I still don't understand yes, me too, and I cannot give you a description. So. Okay. Fine. so you say you use uh, Instagram for yourselves to promote your stuff, Facebook events. 
Um, but so when you're looking for artists, mm -hmm. you say that you find artists on Instagram. I find this fa utterly fascinating. So like, how do you find artists? What what are, what are the hashtags you look for? <laughs> Uh, basically, I think it's uh, it's most of the scrolling and like you see the, I don't know, you see like, you know, artists recommend other artists, friends like, you know, follow some artists, you you see some reposts or some like uh, tags in, in, in for, I don't know, other galleries, tags, someone, other projects. events, projects, yeah. everything. And you just like constantly like press and check, like you see like, ah, oh, something might be interesting. So you press and then you go deeper you dig deeper because you're also instagram then like you know suggests you like similar something like to check so you like press 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 you check and you you always find some like instagram is like enormous source of art i know easy example like okay. take for example like vienna street art like mm -hmm. as a like a book you just um looked at right? right so they would have also social media so what they would do, they would post every day a new picture of a street art in Vienna or in, not in Vienna and somewhere around. You'd be like, oh, that's something I like. So you would go and check the artist because you, they would tag the artist, you go to artist profile. So I think that's how it's like, I don't ever use hashtag filters, maybe mm. like somebody does. I was going to say, so, so what's interesting is the way you're using it to me, okay? So because you're saying that the way that, that, you, people, that you find people is because people you already follow Mm -hmm. repost or mm -hmm. they tag having seen somebody's work it's all about networking relationships everywhere it doesn't well, matter no, for well, social media well, no but no no yeah. no but but the exact way you're talking about it is interesting because like because okay i'm a solo artist I, mm -hmm. I have my own practice i post my stuff on instagram and you know nobody fucking looks at it but so what you're saying though is, is that basically i need to somehow connect with somebody and that person will then repost or tag about me so it's so for artists mm -hmm. let's say it's not about our own profiles and our own hashtags and our own this it's about having some connection to somebody else and that other person somehow talks about us mm -hmm. exactly but in some way you have to keep your profile clean and nice and representable right because if i end up Can't in your profile which way is it both no both definitely both i mean like if if somebody will promote you then i will end up on your profile then i will check your stories mm -hmm. i will check your uh, posts mm -hmm. so it has to be already prepared for somebody to be to, so, but, so, to be so, seen but how does that person find me mm -hmm. i don't use hashtags maybe somebody does i don't know no like for example <laughs> like you want to say like you you have an artist you like on Instagram and you just like um, post about this artist on your Instagram story with I like don't. a hashtag. No, that's, that's what I'm saying you uh, as an advice, like, you know, how other people can find you. Okay. So the artist, like uh, this, that artist you liked and you post about hers, uh, his work, you already like sees that they're gonna, they were, uh, they were tagged. So they, then they checked, who are you? So they see you then, and then yeah. it's gonna, and that's how like you know this. I think all these algorithms and algorithms. whatever in social media yeah, works, like from this like you know, and and that's a practice like artists doing nowadays like a lot. I see. Well, what I'm getting at is is that what you're talking about is a different algorithm, <laughs> different <laughs> a different algorithm to the way that artists are currently being sort of told. We've been told by the powers that be, you know, all the people saying like, hey, to be a famous Instagram artist, you do this. Like, the, you're supposed to use hashtags. 
But what you're saying is that the hashtags are not the thing. Now, maybe the hashtags will help. It does help. But they're not the thing. Yes, the but thing people, is mm-hmm. getting somebody else who has a good reputation or, is mm-hmm. re- or, is, or has a wider audience or whatever to get them to somehow mention you or repost you or something along this line exactly definitely that's how it is because i also heard like uh, rumors i think they even tried like instagram that like uh, they don't want to have likes anymore oh that's not a rumor yeah, no, that's yeah it, it happened that's what i'm saying well, they tried it, it, they, uh, they tested it well, yeah they started in yeah. some countries and they're gonna basically expand yeah. it out mm-hmm. Because they found it successful. Exactly. So it's it's anyway. It's Which I think I they, love that. Me too. I I really agree with that. And uh, and with hashtags, I find that like, you know, it's it's you can put the same hashtags or hashtags which don't match even the the picture you post, and then you're just like lost with this information, and there's like not really like you know what you're targeting. So so. Oh yeah, I've looked up my own hashtag. I've like I've looked up my name as a hashtag, and there are other people that are putting up their own things that have nothing to do with mm-hmm. me, and I've never even heard of these people, but they're using my name, and I'm like, how did that happen? Like why? Exactly. So I think that direct tagging is is the best practice. Now that's at least my opinion, and I see that it works, like for artists, and it works for us also as a as a gallery, like and being on social media. Okay, I mean, because my pet peeve personally, and keep in mind, I'm 46 years old. I'm probably too old to be like learning this new language, let's call Mm -hmm. it, of like this kind of stuff. But like, I feel like sometimes that it it takes so much time, energy, and understanding to utilize it well Mm -hmm. and and effectively that sometimes it, it in it's difficult to sort of recoup the money or the what the like getting it so that like like if i had a choice of my time if i said okay i can spend an hour in the studio or i can spend an hour trying to do better on instagram mm. i'm going to choose a studio so it's like trying to find the right balance of the amount of time and energy to put into things like social media mm-hmm to balance with all the other obligations that we all have. So I, I'm using myself as an artist, but I mean, you all, you you have other things that are more important to do, but you have to find some time and energy to put into social media. When does it become too much? No. <laughs> Did you say now? No. No, I, I believe if you like really like kind of like structure and plan like this things, I, I, it's same as everything else. You, for example, you say like, you know, I, I post something in the morning. Um, I do one story during the day and maybe I post something else in the evening, but it's not like obligatory. It doesn't matter. Like, oh, I mentioned someone in the evening. So basically you have this plan already and it doesn't take so much time. You just need to have an idea what you want to post, but uh, you post your artwork and, and Wait, that's it. You and it's two and, times a day. And that's a routine. Like to get the best results, I think you need to do. We don't, no, don't, don't take, like, you know, we're not perfect in that also. Mostly. It's, uh, we're trying, like, you know, the stories work, uh, work better and we sometimes are too lazy to do s- stories, but for us it also works because we also, like, um, tagged in many stories if we, like, we collaborate. You're asking questions. Yes, you ask. Why do I have to ask questions? You can just talk. <laughs> it's your podcast. Just tell me. <laughs> 
I am simply a host as far as I'm concerned. Yes, I am not like in charge of this conversation <laughs> because it's a conversation. That's it. It's this, I'm not an interviewer. Mm -hmm. So we can ask questions as well. Sure. Mm -hmm. Why? What do you want to know? I'm not, not yet, but I will, I will okay. come to this. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm an open book. I'm, I'll tell you about my drug addiction. I'll tell you about whatever you want to know. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a good question. Like, um, of having, as an artist, having high expectations. For example, having a dream to be part of, to be an artist in a certain gallery, to be exhibited by somebody, recognized by somebody, and then you end up being in this gallery and be like, oh, okay disappointment yeah i mean i hear stories i mean don't get me wrong this has never happened to me mm -hmm. but i hear stories about people who would like want to be part of the venice biennale or mm -hmm. they want to be exhibited in tate modern or this kind of stuff and they they achieve this goal and it's not as fulfilling as they had originally thought it would would be or yeah. could be yeah. um i heard uh, there was a story that a, a guy uh, a guy uh curator from Israel talked about that he knew a guy that was in the Venice Biennale and he, and everybody in the art world said oh he's made it he's 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 top of his game he's in the Venice Biennale and and the guy the artist is sitting around going but nobody wants me like, yeah. can't get an exhibition nobody's buying his artwork because they all sort of had this thing like well he's in the Biennale we can't afford him or he's yeah. in the Biennale no he wouldn't exactly. come down to our level and work with us so like nobody would approach him anymore because it, it sort of became a double-edged sword because he became sort mm -hmm. of outwardly so successful that people didn't even approach him anymore and so he actually missed out on a lot of opportunities because of that so yeah there's a, there is a give and take on like what is that level of success that you can achieve that won't sort of let you down in a way definitely and i think like uh, on the same point i think that's why the gallery as ours uh, is important for artists because it's it's nothing like you know it's not the highest institution but it's a platform Yet. for like free <laughs> for the free free expression and some kind of like you know uh, what we were like uh, we were talking and defying it as like a starting point for some artists so of course don't get me wrong we also have some like more established artists time to time but we don't want to change it we don't want to make it too uh, only for certain uh, for certain artists which are like already like on the top of their careers or like you know like on the way to the top we want to have this, uh, this space uh, as a opportunity space to to express also because our like uh, way of creating is like uh, uh, giving a freedom of expression that's like creating by giving a freedom of expression that's how we work you know we meet artists and we say like okay uh, we want to have your exhibition here if you are okay with that that's our rules there is the space do with it whatever you want of course, like talk with us. We we come up with that. Like we we still want to talk. Like you know, it's it yeah, should be. Just gonna, yeah, they're just gonna show up with some yeah. random thing that you had no idea about. <laughs> Definitely, but uh, but still, like you know, to to have this uh, to give this feeling from the very beginning, like you know, we not like focus on like you know selling. We focus on showing your capacity but, uh, of showing you know your art uh, of showing what you up to now. Not to like. Well, like yeah. I've I've known places like there's a place in San Francisco I can't remember the name of it unfortunately mm -hmm. but like they what they intentionally do is they choose artists that work in let's say I don't know painting or sculpture or something mm -hmm. like this and they say okay we would love to have you come exhibit but you have to make prints 
Like, so they intentionally choose artists that do not work in a particular medium and make them work in a different medium and, and present that work in the mm-hmm. gallery. And so like that kind of sort of free spirit, sort of like, you know, uh, shifting people's context and yes. like how they think about their approach and their, uh, their it's kind of a bit challenging. Moves. Yeah, we also do that, and I think uh, we do it uh, a lot now. On um, as we also like uh, create like street art projects, our like uh, one of our challenges we are, give, we are giving to artists is like uh, uh, for artists who never paint a mural outside in a public space, like to give this opportunity. Like that's the opportunity to go big, to go to public. Like you know, it's not the canvas you're gonna sell or something, but you will have a certain time. You're painting on this wall and many people are gonna see it. Mm-hmm. You haven't done it before? No problem. Like, you know, you paint it on the two, on two meter canvas. You can do it also on a street. That's your canvas. And they love it. They do it and they do it beautifully. So uh, that's, at least I, I like it a lot. Like, you know, a bit like this challenge, a bit like, a bit like shifting a bit this straight, uh, maybe like uh, path some artists choose. And I think what, what, what I would like to add here that um, we started this gallery, we opened this gallery as three internationals. So like we came from Lithuania, all three of us from Lithuania. We had no clue about art world in Vienna. We had no, it has so many rules, it's insane. And everybody's limited by these rules and how you should show works and how you should represent, who you should invite and so on. And we had no clue. We just opened a gallery, we'd be like, okay, so we just have something. Wait, like, I'm sorry, what are the rules? Could you Oh, no, I'm not gonna do <laughs> I'm avoiding this, I'm trying not to learn this, even though we learn this, like, through the process, it's five years already, of course, we went into the scene and we know these limitations now, but I don't want to share them. I don't want to, <laughs> because what, what we do with artists and what we feel with this gallery when we opened that we didn't know anything and we just did it because we didn't have like any limitations for ourselves. And that's what we do with artists. When we sit down for first meeting, we'd be like, okay, how crazy can you go? Like, imagine that you can do whatever you want now. Like, just like just think for yourself that you have no limitation of what you're gonna show. Maybe you have limitation of the space; it's not so big or something. And the budget, and the budget, of course. There, like, there there are certain limitations, but it's not social. Because I could go really freaking crazy. (laughs) I mean, if you have your own budget to go very crazy, that's fine. I mean, maybe (laughs) we can help you also to get budget. Like, you know, artists can like apply for grants separately, and we always encourage them. And we always help to like do that also. That's the help from our side. Let's do it together. You can like apply for grants for like for materials. I need to find some grant writers. That's what I need to find. I need to find some grant writers <laughs> that like can help everybody I talk to because everybody needs help with grants. I think every and artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all need it. I you mean, all need a grant writer and also Instagram or a social media <laughs> person that will take care of you. I, I, I can, agree. I can pay a high schooler in Czech Republic a thousand crowns a month to yes. do it. Yeah. Yes, I don't know how much money is that, but like, yes. Uh, that's like <laughs> I 20 hope euros. Reasonable. More, maybe more reasonable. <laughs> but yes. No, I agree that every artist, like, that's what we do also as a gallery. I mean, that's our, our space that we take on this. Like, so we present artists, right? So we take this responsibility from the artists of like presenting the, um, or like managing, doing this administrative work of their everyday life. So we take this on for the moment that we have exhibition, the moment that we're working on the projects together. So we do that for them because we know the artists need their own time for creating. 
that's why like gallery is ran not by artists it's like we are not artists ourselves because we won't have time to create art and run a space and then work for organize other people. Yeah. what we do we, we do a support we give us support for for people to to actually have more free time to create oh i i when i was in college we we i don't know how it happened but somebody got a like a sort of half derelict space and we ended up having these these art exhibitions mm -hmm. and they were fabulous and i mean people talked about them for decades after we had them because they were the best parties we had so <laughs> much fun we completely run it into the ground and we lost so much money but oh my god we had so much fun yes. it's about this community feeling and sharing like you know the moment the art the connection i think our space is a lot like that like uh, sometimes we now we started to appreciate uh, openings with less people because we think like you know that also it should be kind of like filtered because it's sometimes it's a bit too crazy and people actually coming for party <gasps> no yes people come for free alcohol just a party that's shocking well not free alcohol they ask for free donation for alcohol <laughs> as yeah. support for gallery and uh but people also come here to mingle to yes. meet that's networking I'll give you a great story that, yeah. that, that actually might help you with the, something like this. I had this friend of mine, can't remember the person's name, but a friend that I had years ago. <laughs> and they had this amazing space in downtown Baltimore, mm -hmm. Maryland. It was phenomenal. I mean, this place was so big. They had a roller rink, like roller skating, inside the space and still space to also live and party in beside that. I mean, it was this massive warehouse space. What they did was once a month, they would throw a party and just charge $1 at the door for entry and, and as many people could come. Now, that $1 at the door for all the people that came paid rent. Yes, yes. I, I can, can I add to this, uh, to this idea? Because uh, like uh, already like for a few years, uh, someone told me like I think three years ago or something and it's, I think it's a fabulous idea. You know, you go to museums, you pay entrance. It, it, and galleries, for some for some reason, people don't buy so much art anymore because we live also in a small small apartment, small houses. We don't have where to hang it, etc. And then, why like people come to galleries to see art? So it's the same purpose as to go to the museum. So why entrance to the gallery is free? And then why it's oh, not no, I'm like I'm totally you know, against you on that. No, no, no. No entrance to a gallery should be free. I'm I'm gonna hold today solid to that okay. but but to come to a party i pay a euro to come in so if they have a hmm. dj yeah I'm just during saying, the opening okay. <laughs> i'm saying well i mean if it's an opening well, if it, at an opening a party why not like i mean since you're an ngo why not say one dollar donation at the door yeah. i mean that could end up theoretically paying your rent for the month yep mm -hmm. maybe even pay a salary <laughs> depending on how big the party is okay i mean it was just a neat idea that this yeah. one of these people came up with because basically they ended up getting a free apartment yeah no, that's because amazing. they just threw a party one time a month and there you go their 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 bills were paid for yeah like that's a great idea are you like taking notes you no no i'm just uh, i'm just thinking i think this yeah i need to I'll think more on this idea because I, I have a bit different approach in understanding how it should be. But yeah, I, I'm taking it into I'm consideration. Yeah, it's a you good don't story. Have to do it. I, I know story. that we don't have to do it, but it's something like, you know, we can use for further thinking and how it can change in, in, in how we can evolve in the future. Okay. Yeah. Lovely. <laughs>
So off mic, we were talking about, you wanted to talk about the freedom of expression. Oh, okay, we already we covered that. Wait, but, but, so I have a question within that freedom of expression uh -huh. kind of thing. So like, you can't be utterly free because then I mean, it's going to be like totally random. I mean, you, every gallery still has a bit of a, a feel to it, an aesthetic. Like when, you, when I go to any gallery I go to, I have a an expectation of like they're going to have a certain kind of a quality, a certain kind sure. of a whatever. Like every gallery has its own little character to it. So how much in the programming of like your choices of artists and stuff, how much do you really sort of say like, okay, we want this, this artist because they're going to fit this kind of thing, this mm -hmm. feel, this, this consistent sort of uh, style th that is yours kind of thing. I mean, how important is that? And how, and how much do you all think about that? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's, it is very important. I think we, we keep this kind of like a um, line of aesthetics. Uh, how do you say? Like, uh, yeah, uh, basically through all the years. So we, because that's us who choose the artists. So we're not influenced by anyone else. And everyone has to agree on it, like on, on an artist, like five of us. Do they, wait, do, do you all have to unanimously yes. agree? That's, that's our idea. I think that's our, like this democratic, uh, a huge filter. Uh, yeah, <laughs> idea of working together. So no one has like, you know, the, the right, like also the higher vote or whatever, like we all on the same level. So everyone should say yes. Democratic. That, mm -hmm. Super democratic. If someone is like not sure, like, you know, then we talk and we figure it out if like the person doesn't... convince them. <laughs> we try to convince. <laughs> As a curator, if you can yeah. convince a team member that is exactly. not really sure about this, it's good. Then like yeah. it's your job to give freedom to artists, but at the same time curate exhibition on a high level. That it's good, like that's that's our creative, like that's how we consider our creative work, right? So we do challenge artists to go crazy, but then like you jump in and then you put a borders what's crazy and what's <laughs> what could be exhibited and like how to present it. So to go keep... crazy, but not that crazy. No, no, just to ensure that it's a high quality mm -hmm. because that's what we, like it's very important for us have high quality works and also the way they exhibited in a gallery. Yeah. Well, I mean, because I find this, you know, it's a little, I would be probably petrified to be in your position mm -hmm. because for me, my experiences and my knowledge, like the exhibitions that your gallery does is a reflection of your reputation. Yes, definitely. So like, so every, so while you, you talk of freedom and all this, to a certain extent, you do have to rein that in because yeah. it still is in the end, it's your reputation that yes. could could be destroyed yes. if somebody goes too yeah. far. We take many risks. We take many risks, but also that's why we consider very uh, deeply uh, which artists we want to work with. Mm -hmm. Because of course, you you research, you check what artist is doing, you get to know the artist's personality if you have this uh, opportunity, if the artist is around, right? So you have already. Um, and understanding what the artist is interested in and you see the quality the artist working uh, on like it's it you have already this pre-research work done that you can say go free because you trust the artist that it mm -hmm. will represent your your standard which brings up an interesting point which is you said that like you meet the artists so like so all, yeah. are most of the artists that you end up working with people that you have met mm -hmm. 
No, no. Uh, I mean, if there is this um, um, opportunity to meet artists, if they live in Vienna, then it's fine. But like, we also do have international artists that we didn't, haven't met. But, but it's actually seen. just a few of them because they're also international artists, like most of them came here. Yeah. So we, we started everything also like uh, via emails or calls, but then at, at the end they came here, they lived with us, they stayed with us, they spent time, we got to know everything, they installed exhibition sorry, together. Wait, did you say lived with you? <laughs> like they stayed with us. Uh, We're non-profit, so the, the, yeah. the accommodation we can uh, supply is our yeah. apartment. A, a little couch surfing, <laughs> yeah. okay, that's fine. Okay. Sometimes they have to do that also, like, you know, if, uh, if artists are okay with that. But most of the time, we know everyone in person. Yeah. And if you don't know, like you, 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 yeah. you see their profile, you see their website, you see their social media, you see what they're actually producing and what they're showing. Mm. So, and simple if, research. And if artists is not coming here, it's, it's totally also like a bit different because you have to install exhibition on your own. So it's also like you are becoming even bigger part of the exhibition because you have to kind of like visualize it on these walls. It's also very interesting and important work, but uh, then you're taking so much responsibility. So it's always like much more fun and easier and in more interesting work when you do it together with the artist. One question is always uh, advice for other people. So like some, somebody else that wants to run an NGO, some sort of experiences that you've learned from, some positive, some negative experiences, things that you could advise to stay away from. So whatever you can give that will allow people to do it better or do it easier than some of the roadblocks you may have bumped into. They're shaking their head to each other. <laughs> um, okay, uh, maybe we might not be the best example because the way we started, we didn't think it true for 10 years and we're like, okay, so that's exactly what we're gonna do. That's exactly how we're gonna get money. That's how we're gonna research for artists. That's how we're gonna work. So you think people think through 10 years? If they do, I have no advice here. For the people who will be like, I think I feel like that could be a thing for me to do and I would have enough passion to do that, do it. That would be my advice. It's the happiest and most amazing thing that happened to me. And they run this place for several reasons, like mostly for artists, for showing arts and so on. But mostly, of course, it is for your personal satisfaction. So if you need and you have this passion, just do it and you will find a ways to go through this. And if you don't have the passion, don't do don't it. Don't do it. Because it just, it's so much. No, if you have no passion, it's you will get annoyed very quickly. It's too much work that, that you won't want to do. Right. But Okay, off mic, we were talking a little yeah. bit about the nature of applying for grants every yeah. year and things like this. Like This was an interesting learning experience yeah. that I think would be great to be shared. Sure. Like uh, w what we learned uh, in our play is that we started to apply for grants from very first year. And we got denied immediately for the first, first year, expected. I think, as expected, right? But we didn't expect that because we didn't know. So we were like, why? <laughs> why they don't um, want to give us money? Then we learned from people who have to apply constantly, year after year. So they have to see that you are working. What mistake we did, we, as we have in Vienna, there's three levels of district, city, and country. So we applied to a district. We got from districts for second year. We'd be like, yes, perfect. We keep applying for a city. We didn't get for some years. 
And that we stopped applying for country because people said like, okay, as long as you don't work for 10 years, you won't get. So we made a break and now we have to come back to this and we have to again apply and apply for country funding. My advice would be apply everywhere, apply, be confident and apply year after year. It doesn't matter if you don't get it because you need to show that you're existing. You need to show that you're doing your work and you believe in your work and that sometime hopefully money will come. Part of that too is because like I've had this same discussion with some other okay. people is that it's not just apply for the same thing mm-hmm. again and again and again. Mm-hmm. It's make your proposal better, evolve course, it, improve, make, yeah. make it stronger every yes. year. I mean, so don't go in with a proposal one year and then get denied. And then the next year, just do another random thing that has nothing to do with the one you tried last year. So like, you know, take the same project and expand on, it, make it better, yes. make it bigger, make yes. it more eloquent, whatever you need to do. So like, you know, l- take the time that basically this this multiple mm-hmm. year process of trying to get this money is giving you to refine your idea to really make it stronger and more attractive for them to give you support definitely because with every year you are working in this field that you're existing you're gaining some knowledge so of course with every year that you apply you're going to apply the knowledge like new information that you learned in within this year oh no so I've, you always work people, on this and you oh, no, no. It. i've known people who uh, like have applied for a residency they apply they get denied they apply again the next year with the same application everything's exactly the same they just apply again and they get denied they don't know why okay. and then they apply again the third year same application they don't change their application and they go i don't know why i'm not getting it but you actually have to learn to refine it and make it better like you know the one of the problems i have and i've talked about this in many of these podcasts is that in the granting system residency system any of these anything where you're asking for money from somebody else you only get one of two answers yes or no and if you get yes you don't know why you got a yes (laughs) if you get a no you don't know why you got a no yes so like you don't know what you did right and you don't know what you did wrong and so how do you get better First, apply the knowledge that you learned because, of course, you're going to learn something in this year. Well, you just learned and no, but, but that didn't. No, but like your you life goes why. on. You're still you working grow. in this field. You you get information from around. Like things change in one year. You 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 grow yourself. So grow. Like I mean, if you stay in one place and you apply with the same application, so then it means you're not growing as an artist organization well, I, or something. And like. I think a lot of it also would be maybe taking time to do some research and looking well. at who did get the grant and why and what what were they doing. That might, and maybe that can assist you in sort of tailoring a little bit, not to say change your ideas, but like better suit what they do seem to fund. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, bottom line with, with like granting and residency kind of funding and support applications is always always do the research and look what they have supported in the past sure that's the best and one one more thing i don't know like if it exists everywhere but you actually can ask why you were denied they can tell you which uh, which uh, points you didn't match if what what yeah you i don't know like if it's everywhere but you should have a right to ask what was wrong because there are special commissions, special like uh, experts like going through your application and there is a special like counting point system. Mm. So if you don't get enough points in, in one category, you got like less there and there and like why they can tell I you. I think that's specifically a governmental funding thing. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, if you go to private foundations that's and things different. like this, they're not going to tell then, you. Then it's different. Yeah. Then the, yeah, okay. definitely. And go there. 
go there and ask, like, say, like, oh, I applied for four years. Mm. <laughs> yeah. hey, Can you check my next year's application? Years. Why have I not gotten? <laughs> maybe not in that way, but like, maybe like, that's an application I'm going to submit in one month. Mm. Do you think it's good enough or there's something missing? So they will be happy to, to check it. And of course, we'll see mm. your face as well soon. Yeah, seeing the face is a big thing. Knowing mm. somebody there, so some connection oh, be, is yeah. always yeah. important. Yes. Anything else that you have learned, not you know, that you would uh, encourage other people to avoid some pitfalls or problems? I think uh, what Urta wanted to also to say at the beginning, I really agree. Uh, like if you f have a passion, you just do it. But also, I don't know, like make a plan, make a goal. Like I don't know, define your goals. I think it's very important, like do it, do it like three year goals or one year, like for the beginners, for the beginning, just do it because it's very important because you know where you're aiming at. Like, I, I think like uh, for us, it was like, we don't actually know what we are doing, but just like go into that and try to like swim and make our best and try to find out actually what we're doing, like by doing already and being in there. But, uh, if you have an idea and you want to do it, like make a goal, like define it. It's sure. very important. Yeah, because strategic planning. It's, huh? it's, it, I think it's useful, important, and you can measure it and you see like how, how much you grow and what's changing, what you achieved, what you didn't, what you wanted, what are your new goals. It's super important. And building strategy. expectations also, yeah. like as we talked a bit, it's what we burned a bit that we would be like very, um, not optimistic, but what's, I'm missing a, a good word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. don't over-promise and under-deliver. Exactly. Under-promise and over-deliver. That, that would be an advice because you could, could burn, uh, like either financially or emotionally or exhaust yourself or and professionally, professionally and as well. reputationally. Like, yes. You know, like, yeah. I mean, you know, if I were to come to you and say, hey, like, can I do expectations? And you say, yeah, we can get you 500 euros. And then I come to you and say, hey, I spent 500 euros. And you're like, oh, we only got 200 euros. Like, yes, exactly. uh, so so yeah don't don't over promise under promise uh -huh. and then and then let the let it be pleasant when you you over deliver <laughs> be a nice surprise Definitely. all right last question you all know this question yeah. because you have listened to the podcast so i'm not going to go through the whole rigmarole <laughs> of it explaining it again but it, i mean but it goes to your strategic planning idea so like as an artist a lot of artists try to plan for a goal in their mm -hmm. career so like the idea of trying to get to something like an institutional exhibition in my case i, I put up museum of modern mm -hmm. art in new york what kind of advice would you give for an artist to try to put their career path towards that institutional exhibition like in in my opinion there are like different uh, kind of artists in thinking way or, or planning or like having a strategist some artists they don't want to um you know have kind of exact uh, goal which kind of like um uh, limits their career path or like uh, artistic path so you kind of you need to like create certain way to achieve this goal like to go to the museum uh, and it's also very good where you just like do what you what you like a lot and you just like wait for opportunities uh, and there is a, there is a kind of the artist like having this like 
goal, in your case a super high goal, to, to get to this kind of museum. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, everybody is not personal. Yeah, it's not personally. <laughs> I'm taking that personally. No, no please. Meant, I, think it was I, I didn't mean it personally. Um, no, of course it's a lofty goal. I mean, yeah. that's the point. I mean, well, I'm a teacher, and every time a student walks into my class, I always tell them to literally, like I say, shoot for the stars, because if you miss, you're still mm. doing really well. Exactly. You know, so like, so I'm shooting for the stars by saying Museum of Modern Art, and if I only get into the Whitney, I'm not going to be too unhappy. <laughs> no, but that, that's the thing, like, you know, you kind of answer your question yourself now, like, uh, there is also the saying, like, you know, seek for, for perfection, no, I think seek for perfection and you will have it the best mm -hmm. or something like that. So that's the same, like, you know, you have the, the highest goal, like, for you imaginable and you seek that. So means like, you know, you create as, as, as best as you can, like, and you like improve and improve and improve. And uh, whenever it takes you, but you, it will take you somewhere. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. the... Well, and, and I also have this other conversation that I have with people, which is, it doesn't even matter whether it's a curator or a gallery owner or an artist. Like, would you rather be famous and not earn a sustainable income, mm -hmm. or would you rather earn a sustainable income but never be famous? Mm. What do artists answer? Huh? What do artists answer to that? Oh, I, they generally say uh, earn the income. Earn the mm -hmm. income. Yeah, huh? the sustainable income. Like, I mean, because there's something about that comfort of the sustainable yeah. income mm -hmm. and, and i'm sure everybody has in their minds they're mm -hmm. thinking different levels of mm -hmm. sustainability you know like mine would be really high because i want to make big works you know whatever yeah. but but the idea of like being able to, mm -hmm. to to sustain yourself and be able to consistently be able to produce and have that freedom and all that that in many ways that sounds much more desirable to me than fame mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, like for for artists, I would agree. Maybe if I would be an artist, I would think the same. But as a gallery, I prefer to be famous because then I, you know, like more people can see what we are doing, and more artists we can present and make them visible and help them. So I think it's different, uh, um, different places we have from artists and like gallery space. Agree, disagree? Agree. Okay. No, I agree. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Lovely. All mm -hmm. right. Well, that's a lovely way to end. Thank you very much for your time. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks.